1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio, second Saturday sunshine stage show with the Palm Springs Preferred Small Hotels. Uh, this is an awesome group of independently owned boutique hotels in the desert resort community of Palm Springs in sunny, sunny Southern California. And you can go to the website go to springs.com. Today, we're gonna focus on the mid-century modern architecture of this amazing city, which does feel like a small town actually, but it is a city. From what i have heard and i don't know anything but palm springs has one of the largest concentrations of preserved mid-century modern architecture in the world and we're going to find out more with our guest today and so i'm going to bring michael green on the show first he's been i think this is his third time i think he's a general manager of the palm springs cultural center chair of the palm springs preferred small hotels and he's also co-owner of the triangle inn in palm springs so you can go to his website triangle-in.com. So I'm dashing in, Michael. How are you? And welcome back.
2: Doing very well. Thank you.
1: Right now, so now I believe that your, your in is mid-century modernism, right?
2: It is. Um, our hotel was actually um, designed by Hugh Capter, um, who is one of the youngest uh, or younger uh, mid-century modern architects still with us. Um and still um, running around Palm Springs in his cowboy hat and his cowboy boots. So oh, we like that. Uh, when, when our hotel was built, it was called the Impala Lodge in 1958.
1: So when we talk about uh, the Palm Springs Preferred Small Hotel Group, how many hotels are in the group? And then are a lot of them uh, mid-modern, I mean, mid-century modernists? I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We vary. It runs between about 77 and 80 hotels, depending on where we are at the moment and what the hotels are up to. Um, But as you know, there were a couple of phases of building in Palm Springs. Um, One phase was in the 30s, and the second one really started in the late 40s and ran through the 50s. And that's when many of our hotels were built. So even the ones that may not have a celebrity architect, still many of them were built at that time and reflect that kind of architecture um, mm. which of course is glass stone and steel in many cases
1: right i'm very clean cut but it still has a cool vibe to it you know what i mean it's it's, it's a classic. You got to go check it out. So I want to bring our next guest on the show, Kathy Condon. Uh, she is a journalist, a travel writer, and uh, she's traveled all over the world. She is a contributor to Boutique Lee Palm Springs. So you can find out more about that if you go to uh, Auth- Authentic palmsprings.com and read her stories there and she's also written about uh, mid-century modernism in Palm Springs but she also knows everything that's going on in Palm Springs she knows all the gossip so go to palmspringsinsiderguide.com so welcome Kathy how are you?
3: Thank you very much Lisa happy to be here and I now probably can say I'm a 10-year resident full-time resident of Palm Springs so I've been learning lots about this community that's for sure
1: what is your favorite part about living there and then also writing about it? Because is it it the gossip? Do you really get all the gossip? Actually, I have to admit, because I'm traveling
3: quite a bit, it's not so much the gossip. It's about what kind of attractions we have around here that people normally miss when they come here. And actually, that's why I decided decided to start the Palm Springs Insider Guide, because I was so frustrated that people really thought all we had were pools and sitting around with your umbrella drinks and golf, whereas there is so much to do, kind of little hidden gems. And And now writing for the Preferred Small Hotels is pretty amazing what I am discovering more and more about the history. And I'm fortunate to know some of the people who were connected when, you know, 1947 when Palm Springs came. So I have a chance to learn a lot about the history. But my main goal is having a place where people can come to the Palm Springs Insider Guide and learn what else there is to do. For example, you know, I just, it's just amazing some of the places that exist. And even the Cabot Lodge, uh Cabot Museum is a 20 minute drive from Palm Springs and a great little attraction that people are not going to.
1: Mm. When you're writing and, and getting all these stories and, and something Nancy and I find as we travel the country, you know, full-time, especially going, we, we really do focus on staying in bed and breakfast and independent hotels as much as we can. One thing we've discovered, and I'm sure it's the same in Palm Springs for you, and as a travel writer, as you travel the country and the world, each inn has its own fascinating history. And I think that's something we don't really see in like museums or anything like that, but going there. And I think that's something that's so special about these inns, these independent inns, and that they're kind of, you're staying in a, in a museum, but it's not you know your grandma's dusty museum with doilies.
3: Well, that's absolutely true. And interviewing the owners of these hotels is fascinating, because why did they get there? Why did they decide to remodel it? Um, You know, and what does the future look like? You know, and frankly, we talk a lot about how did you get through the pandemic and what saved you. But there is no question each one of these small hotels has a different personality. And Mm -hmm. so that's why we love to send people to the authenticpalmsprings.com website because they can indeed find a small hotel that fits their personality or what they're looking for. I just had friends from Vancouver, Washington come down and get in touch with me. And they said, okay, we want to find the real uh, Palm Springs 60s vibe. Where would we go? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of those first came to mind was the coal and they went there and they just laughed and they said oh my gosh you are so right it's exactly what we're looking for and still, others want to have nice quiet zen like places those exist so the variety Mm -hmm. of the small hotels really people coming to palm springs really need to go to the website to really explore and find out what are they looking for are they looking for a pool in the middle with one level all the way around it's amazing the different kinds of varieties and i love the creativity of the people who are restoring the hotels.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's such a, an important role that they're playing. Um, our next guest is Kurt Sear. He's a local celebrity from what I've heard. He's also a designer and a mid-century modern expert, and he takes tours. So you can go to psmodsquad.com. So that's Palm Springs Mod Squad. Uh, so you can go on a tour with him. So welcome, Kurt. How are you?
0: Thank you. Great to be here.
1: So, uh, so you're the head of the mod squad I like that yeah uh, tell us a little bit of, about this because you're taking tours you're writing about it you're in design but for those of us who don't quite understand what is desert modernism uh, just kind of give us a, a refresher so we we gotta get it I know you're talking about steel and all of that Michael but just going back to how this even started in Palm Springs
0: well, we're, we're very fortunate for being such a small city that we actually have a specific architectural style that evolved and, and was created here uh, right after World War II. It's called desert modernism. And uh, basically, it's modern architecture that's relating to the landscape, the sun and the desert. So our architectural style has four signature elements. So as you're driving around the city, you'll see these four elements over and over again. That's the cantilever. That's the unsupported roof section that extends out beyond the building's envelope. But you'll also see a band of clear story windows, which are these little windows right below the roof line. So it allows for sunlight to come in, but you also have privacy. Now, privacy is a, a really big factor here in our architecture. And a lot of first time visitors, when they drive the streets, they look at these homes and there are no visible windows facing the street and they think they must be very you know, foreboding and dark, but they're actually very wonderful to live in because they are transparent in the back. Um, it's usually, it's very private on the front, and then the back of the house is completely glass. It opens onto swimming pools, tennis courts, and of course, incredible views of the mountains. So this architectural style, evolved uh with the idea of celebrating the landscape but also providing privacy for uh the inhabitants so we're very fortunate Mm -hmm. to have this a desert modern architecture and you you see this throughout the city and considering that uh we're, we're a small city we have such outstanding architecture it's truly amazing
1: is it really one of the biggest collection uh in the world, like I was saying at the beginning? Uh, I believe it is.
0: Um, there there are some some cities and such that have a collection. Now, Palm Springs was kind of the um, shall we say, the the birthplace of this specific specific type of architecture? And this same type of architecture was also being built in Los Angeles and other parts of Southern California. But what really saved our architecture, I think more than anything, was the downturn of um palm springs in the late 60s and 70s hollywood used to come out for years and years and years mm-hmm. but then in the late uh 60s the the whole uh, studio system uh, was changed. They uh, Actors were no longer under contract, which meant they didn't have to be within 100 miles of the studios. And so they. this is also the time of jet travel. Oh. So they could actually fly to Acapulco or Puerto Vallarta or Capri. And they started bypassing Palm Springs. They no longer had to be within that 100-mile radius. And as a resort community, basically used only in the winter, people didn't remodel and change houses. So these houses kind of, they they just... were were stopped and they they were almost as if it was in amber and that is our fortunate uh uh, it was serendipity that we survived through like 40 years without alterations and then this the city was being rediscovered in the mid-1990s and all these the architecture was still original so we were looking back at a time um and realizing that we had original uh architecture that hadn't been remodeled um and that's what we're blessed Hmm. with
1: today and so isn't there Modernism Week that happens? I know when I lived in Tucson that we had Modernism Week as well.
0: Yeah. Modernism Week is a huge celebration. It happens in in uh, mid-February for 10 days. It starts next week. And uh, the tickets go on sale November 1st. And there are upwards, I think, this year, th- over 350 different events. So there are... Uh, home tours there are cocktail parties I know Frank Sinatra's house has opened up and they have themed cocktail yeah. parties there's uh, uh symposia lectures movies uh walking tours uh design tours uh, you name it there's uh it's it's a celebration of everything mid-century modern and I mm. should probably mention mid-century modern uh is really the the that the boom years that followed World War II. So if you think about the baby boom, that's what mid-century is all about. It's the optimism and uh, the, the building and celebration of a post-world uh, opt- opportunistic and um, optimistic view of the world. And that's what uh, Palm Springs celebrates.
1: Okay. So if we're going to celebrate that time frame. What about like, it? does this happen during modernism week or is it just something that can happen at any time or we could... Have food and cocktails that go with that era? I mean, does that happen, Michael? I know you're the king of hospitality of Palm Springs. So, like, what I mean, is there food and, and drink that kind of complements that era?
2: Absolutely. Mid-century modernism is really celebrated year-round. I mean, it, it's focused on Modernism Week in February and in their um, newer edition, which is in the fall but we celebrate modernism week year round. I mean, Kurt will be the first to tell you, he has tours all the time. People are Mm. coming specifically to see um, the buildings, the architecture, but also to experience the food and drink. Um, Just like we have a a huge number of small hotels in Palm Springs, we also have a, a large number of owner operated restaurants and retailers. And many of those reflect the mid-century modern style and the mid-century modern um, feel, if you will, um, which includes tiki. Um, so we have a number. Oh of, yay!
1: Um,
2: <laughs> we have a number of tiki-focused um, organizations, restaurants, and retailers in town um, to reflect that piece of what we do.
1: Oh, my gosh. See, as before we started recording, I said, I want a Mm. margarita because as soon as I think of Palm Springs and being back in the desert right now, I need one. It's still winter where we are today. And I was like, oh, I need a margarita. I want sunshine. I want to come out. And now I'm thinking martinis already. But please don't. We don't have to have the aspic thing, right? that 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 wobbly jelly stuff right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> we don't want that that doesn't exist anymore can and say
2: molds, you can you yeah. can count on the fact that unless you want them they're not there
1: <laughs> i don't want them uh, kurt tell us a little bit about your tours because i just want to go with the mod squad anyway that just sounds so much fun
0: well, that's fortunate because we, we do run tours uh, year-round, uh, not That'd just during Modernism Week. I actually, uh, I work uh, seven days a week sometimes, and uh, I have uh, three different kind of daily tours that I offer. Uh, there's the interior tour, where you get to go inside uh, three uh, mid-century homes, so you get to see what it's like oh. to live a modern life in mid-century architecture. Um, and I have, uh, I think right at last count, about, about seven different homes that I have a relationship with the owners and uh, we go in and tour through the home um every every morning and then we also have what's called the essential tour that's the foundational tour where it's um, all these tours are taking place in a minivan so they're intimate tours uh five mm-hmm. to six people max so you yes. get a, a real personalized Tour of Palm Springs. Now, the essential tour um, is ninety minutes, and uh, you uh, we drive through the city, and you learn all about the architecture, uh, the the four elements, the six local architects who brought this desert modern aesthetic. There's a little bit of celebrity uh, involved, but it's an architecturally focused tour. And then uh, I also do a martini tour. This is my Rat Pack tour. Okay, I
1: knew we were going to get there. Yay! Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so the Rat Pack tour, or the martini and mid-century architecture tour, uh, that's an hour-long tour where we we go out and see the the architecture of uh, Frank, the houses of Frank Sinatra, Marilyn Monroe, uh, uh, Peter Lawford, and the Rat Pack, and Dean Martin. And then um, we go and have a martini. And then I regale you with all my gin and martini knowledge—the history of the martini, the history of gin, why vodka martinis overtook gin martinis—and uh, we end up uh, having—I like to th- call it a think and drink. So there's a little architectural tour, and then also a little uh, cocktail afterwards.
1: Okay, I want—I want on the bus. I want on in the van. I love this. Um, before we, I want, I have some questions for Kathy, but. Just going back to about how the designers were working with the elements. Frank Lloyd Wright was kind of like that, wasn't he? Where he was like looking and working with nature. So these were everybody coming like after him or did he inspire any of the designers? Do you think in regards to looking at the landscape and then designing with that in mind? What do you think?
0: Do you want me to answer
1: that? Yeah, yeah, Kurt. Yeah. Okay. Uh Sorry,
0: I thought you were talking to Kathy. Uh, uh, Actually, there there are no Frank Lloyd Wright buildings in Palm Springs. There is one by his son, Lloyd Wright, which is uh, kind of a Mayan tower. But the the idea of the cantilever, which is the protective uh, awning uh, on the buildings to protect the glass, uh, the architecture... um, the mid-century architecture came right after World War II. So Frank Lloyd Wright was, he was kind of ending his career by the mid or the late 1950s. So this, this is a little bit after him. Uh, and these were, um, a young, would have been younger architects. Uh, Richard Neutra, who has two homes uh, that he designed out here, actually worked for frank or for frank lloyd wright uh and so there was a, this whole school of southern california architecture is a little bit different than let's say the midwestern prairie scott style yeah. that frank lloyd wright had but there are some certain elements our architecture tends to be more pavilion like with very thin roof lines and, and walls of glass and very delicate post and beam construction so mm-hmm. um they're they're like these these, these um, very thin, delicate uh, buildings sit in this dr- set in this dramatic landscape, and and mm. I, I'm looking at the uh, the San Jacinto Mountains behind you, which uh, this is what I'm looking at uh, today as well. So we have these impossibly blue skies, we have this incredible landscape, and then this incredible architecture to top it off.
1: Mm. So, Kathy, tell us a little bit about some of your favorite buildings. My, um, desert modernism buildings. That's so much easier to say.
3: <laughs> you know, I was just thinking one of the things that I think it's important for people to know and understand what an incredible airport we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just flew in the other night and when you come into the gate, then you take an escalator and I was freezing to death in Ben, Oregon and I came down the escalator. 70 degrees when I arrived. So it was pretty incredible. But I think it's also important to point out that we have now about 13 direct flights from cities into Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. So the airport is getting incredibly well-known for its architecture. And I had the wonderful opportunity to uh, visit with the son, the developer of it. Kurt, who was the artist that, the architect who built the, the airport? That was Donald
0: Wexler, uh, 1964. And it's a historical, uh, uh, it's a class one historical building. So it's a protected building.
3: And so what happened, I was recently at a dinner party and I met his son and had a great conversation with him. And his brother is working with the city to really try to bring back the airport to where it was originally. And so we're all very, very excited about that piece of it. So, and also I've got to say mm-hmm. the architectural museum, which was the former bank downtown, is always kind of a it's fun oh, cool. to take people there because they even have the drive-in window incorporated as part of the of the decor of the inside and people are missing that because they have incredible exhibits mm. that are rotating and also the gift shop is fabulous if you want to buy some modernism gifts gift, gift Uh, ideas they exist but Mm -hmm. I also want to go back Lisa to the cocktails let's go back to cocktails real
1: real quick real 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 quick going back to the airport because I think this is an important thing about the I always think airports are important for people to understand but I remember when I used to live in Borrego Springs and people would come fly in just to go have a cocktail at the airport and then the other one would fly home one would drink and one would fly so do you have do you have people flying in and their little, you know, I, I was actually, not their biplanes, but you know, those actually, little ones.
3: Actually, the the private airport is on the other side of the airport. Uh, there is a private okay. where the private jets come in. So the private jets really do not come into the one that literally is located downtown. And I think it's also something that we need to point out that, you know, the valley is 35 miles long, Pachella Valley. And when you fly into Palm Springs, people say we're coming to Palm Springs. They fly in and literally to go to most of our small hotels, it takes five or 10 minutes to get to your hotel from the airport. So that's a that's pretty a unusual that's... function of any kind of airport being that close to all of our wonderful hotels.
1: Okay, and when they get off the plane, like you're saying, going from Bend, Oregon, listen, I know that area and it... it, it... <laughs> I feel like I'm there now, but when you yeah. it's like when you hit the airport I've, I've done this where I've gone from England to, to Africa and all of a sudden you're doing a strip tease all across the airport and getting outside it's like all the layers are coming off and here I am. I'm in sunny Palm Springs and and happy and then you know well, you get your hotel and it's time for a cocktail. Yeah. Well. I'm. I-
3: I also want to point out about the artwork at the airport. The artwork, um, I have the wonderful pleasure of writing an article for our small hotel, the blog site, and I encourage people to go there to read about the artwork that is on the airport grounds from the minute you walk in to on your way to the various terminals. There's beautiful art. And upon my research, I discovered much of it are internationally known artists so if you want to learn about it again read the blog about it but at the same token keep your eyes open to see the sheep that's there and as you walk into the walk out to the from the baggage area there's incredible pieces of art and I'm finding out that people are not noticing that so next time you come into town Lisa look around at the art here
1: Oh, that's my whole thing is uh, public art. I love it, and I think that really goes. I think architecture is part of the world of pub- public art. Like I, you know, would you get to see and experience? Just have to keep it and and preserve it, which obviously Palm Springs is really doing a good job in. So, Kathy, your cocktails—you wanted to go. I'm not going to not let you say anything about cocktails. Not okay. on this show.
3: Okay. Well. I- I think this is a fun assignment, and I'm an assignment with another uh, man, Gregory, to go find the gayest cocktail for Palm Springs, and my job is to find the best bourbon, uh, old-fashioned, and we are going to our small tel- hotels that have you know, bars and things and checking it out. So that'll be another new article somebody can read about in the near future because some of our hotels have wonderful restaurants connected to them and others do not.
1: Mm. Oh, I love the idea of going for the best cocktails, you know, and and listen, so let's, uh, Michael, come on, any pointers here for cocktails?
2: Well, there are. You've got to have a
1: triangle cocktail. You need a triangle. Do you have one? I I shouldn't say you need one. You might have one.
2: (laughs) No, we actually don't, but there are just plenty of places to go and have a great cocktail in Palm Springs. The afternoon cocktail is a um, standard in Palm Springs. Um, And of course, Frank Sinatra actually raised a flag at his home when it was cocktail hour in the afternoon. So we have quite a history of cocktail hour in Palm Springs and you'll find lots of people who celebrate it throughout town.
1: That's funny. Cause I, I was just reading a quote about um, Dean Martin and I can't remember which actor it was and it was, oh, they just celebrated a birthday. And he said, you wanna know if Dean Martin really drank? Well, if a vampire bit his neck, he'd get a Bloody Mary. <laughs> so <laughs> so I was, I never, you know, there's still that question. He wasn't really, oh, well maybe he did, I don't know. But as Dean Martin, do you have any places that uh, as part of the Rat Pack of Dean Martin being in Palm Springs on your tour, Kurt?
0: Oh, yes, of course. Uh, the Rat Pack was uh, very well known. They would actually chopper in um, with it, from Vegas. And there was this, uh, it, unfortunately, it no longer exists, but um, it was called the Doll's House, and it was up on uh, North Palm Canyon. And this place was so rollicky that the bar stools had seat belts. So you could be rip-roaring drunk and not fall off your, your bar stool. <laughs> no and, it, and so the, the Rat Pack, they would certainly uh, celebrate there. But um, we uh, on my uh, architectural tours and, and the Martini tours we go by uh, uh, their houses. Uh, so um, all the Rat Pack, I believe, three of the four Rat Packers had houses in Palm Springs. Um, uh, one of them I think was in Rancher Mirage. So, uh, but they were they all had uh, places out here in the desert. And there's such a uh, a history of Hollywood that you know. This basically became the playground or the sandbox, as it was referred to for Hollywood. So that, you know, being within 100 miles of the studio, uh, that's why all the celebrities had houses here. And they would come out to relax. They didn't have to have put on their Hollywood persona. So it's a very uh, it's a very private uh, city and it's built for entertaining. Um, at last count, uh, we had um, it was forty five thousand nine hundred and thirty five residences. Uh, full time residents, and we have over 40,000 swimming pools. So basically, everybody has their own (laughs) private resort in their backyard.
1: Mm, Wow, that's amazing. So, all right, in closing here, you've got people knocking on your door saying, I'm coming to Palm Springs, you know, the surprise drop-in people, you know, (laughs) none of us really want the drop-in. So that's why we have hotels. And that's a very because then they feel like they're in somebody closey, they're having an authentic experience. So let's go to each of you. If you had, you know, a family or friend just drop in, where is your, okay, this is a hotel for you. So let's do an example of a desert modernism hotel. And where are you going to go eat and drink and then say, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. You know, I got things to do. (laughs) I'm so nice. But you know, the drop, the surprise drop-in. So let's start with you, Kathy. You've got a surprise drop-in. Who's coming and and where are you sending them to stay and where are you going to eat and drink and be merry? (laughs) We should you know, just call this that. a happy hour show, you know. Yeah, you know, that Palm actually Springs, is,
3: happier. that is quite a, you know, question, especially since that you know where, where they are, but the Alcazar actually is a wonderful place to go. You know, food's available there, sit out under the nighttime sky. I probably would go there, which is absolutely walkable, you know, from uh any place downtown where you can join the happy hours if you want to. So that probably would be where I would head with somebody at this point. And, and I what, have to say, that- the other one, frankly, um, people forget about is a uh, Tropical. Uh, and, if, you know, their reef bar is totally fun. The key, back to what Michael was saying, that's the tiki atmosphere ultimate.
1: Oh, man, and- I love that. It's so much fun. So where would you yeah. where would you put them up for the night? In a, what hotel? And there um, must be a boutique inn that is part of the Palm Springs small, oh, hotel, yeah, abso- know, absolutely. small hotels. Of, well, actually, since I said the cold, that would be one of
3: them. I absolutely mm-hmm. would do that. Um, you're really asking a tough question on that because they're all- I know, again, there's it, over
1: 70 of them.
3: Yeah, and it depends on what the personality of the folks are when they come in. And so I match them very differently. Um,
1: blanking on an answer right at the moment. Okay, well, just think of your uh, friend, a good friend coming in yeah. and where yeah. you would put them. But let's go to you, Kurt. Okay, actually, so- I, I actually
3: do have one. the uh, Lusa would be a really nice one where they have their hot tubs right outside the room underneath the night sky, sky, uh, sky and it's right off of, right behind downtown. Mm-hmm. And then, frankly, the other one who are luxury people would be a casa, which used to be Gloria Swanson's house. It's a Ooh. phenomenal place to stay.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. She's, there you go. she's got a lot of friends coming, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> she went from zero to, okay, we're doing all of them now. Uh, yeah. So, Kurt, what, what about you? You've got the, the surprise drop-in.
0: Well, I have personal experience of this because uh, before we um, um, moved out here, uh, we've had several homes, but while I was working on uh, remodeling the houses, uh, I would stay with, with Michael at the Triangle Inn,
3: cool. and
0: uh, that's a, a, a wonderful hotel. It's on the south um, the south end of town, which was very uh, convenient for, for me because it was only just a couple blocks away uh, from our home that I was working on. And uh it's uh I have many fond memories of happy hour at the around the pool there meeting incredible people um with the the margarita. Uh so definitely the um uh, the triangle inn. Uh there's there are so many beautiful little hotels with uh poems a lot of these uh small hotels were actually apartment motels. And this was a specific type of um hospitality because you wouldn't come down. To Palm Springs for a three-day weekend in the 50s. It was difficult to get here and expensive, so you would come down for at least a month or two. And these little hotels were owned and operated by usually a husband and wife, and they lived on premises and then rented like studio or one-bedroom apartments. So the, these small hotels are actually miniature small apartments. Um, I think a, a lot of some of them have been converted into condominiums, uh, but a lot of them have been converted into uh, hotels. So you get that that whole experience of uh, your, you're basically your own apartment. Um, So as there, and Herbert Burns was another architect uh, who did a lot of small hotels, uh, like the Orbit Inn, the Hideaway, the 440, the 550, Holiday House, I think Desert Hills. There's there's like a street that's filled with these small hotels that he had done. He did the Desert Riviera, um, and uh, so that that's a certainly a, a specific type of experience. It's I think really- that you can only find in Palm Springs because this was a seasonal um, a location. Uh, the hospitality is a little bit different because you would come out and actually live in one of these apartments for a month or two. Um, And then of course for um, drinks and dinner, if you wanted an old school experience, like the classic martini or the Vesper, the drink of James Bond, uh, there's Melvin's. This is a hangout for Frank Sinatra. Oh so, yes, that's
1: right. Uh, nice.
0: There's they have the classic uh, there. But if you wanted uh, kind of a newer version of the Vesper, um, there's a speakeasy called Seymour's, which I I think is fabulous, and uh, they 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 do a kind of a new version of the. Uh, of the Vesper that I really like. Um, and then the, the restaurants, the restaurant scene here in Palm Springs has really uh, turned the corner. Um, it, the last few years, uh, incredible restaurants uh, have uh, appeared. And um, one that just comes to mind, we were just there recently, and really, really enjoyed it, uh, is Sandfish. And it's basically sushi and Japanese whiskey. So it's an interesting combination. Um, and so you can sample these different uh, Japanese whiskeys, but also then have um uh, a, a wide variety of very innovative sushi and hand rolls and uh california style rose rolls as well so oh, th- that's wow. just a a couple a couple ideas if you're interested
1: i love the speakeasy part of it too you yeah. know because you, you know and they all kind of started around prohibition right because that was yeah, that was yeah. rude that was one of the rudest Things ever, but the mafia made well off. They did good. (laughs) I think they enjoyed prohibition. But, you know, Michael, I want to go to you because, you know, Kurt was talking about, you know, coming in for a season. It was a seasonal town. I don't know if it's just me from when we used to live out in the Joshua Tree area, but I always kind of, I know people think about summer being warm in the desert. I I will do anything for sunshine and warmth. Seriously, I will. (laughs) But um, I always thought it was year-round to me, personally. So, what is Palm Springs like now in regards to people coming to visit? Is it year-round or is it only winter? What, what's it like?
2: You know, it's become a much more year-round destination. Um, I mean, you have to remember that, that in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, people didn't have air conditioning. So okay, and yeah. air conditioning was just starting to, to be widely available. So um, that's why it was really seasonal. Um, because there was there weren't necessarily places to go and get a get a respite from the heat um, back then but now everybody has a swimming pool everybody has air conditioning and you know all you have to do is just step inside somewhere um, and relax and that has made it a year-round destination Hmm. so Sorry. Hmm.
1: That's cool. I'm, not, I'm just saying that's really cool to, to have it year-round because, of, you know, there's that side of us that all want to go outside and bake in the uh, poolside, too. We want to bake and, and and sip and bake, <laughs> go <laughs> back in the pool, then bake and sip again, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we want. I love that. So year-round, everyone. So we've got Modernism Week coming up uh, right now. But then you said that there's, Michael, you touched on that in the fall, there's another kind of emergence of a um, modernism week as well?
3: Yes, in October.
2: Yeah, they um, modernism week started, they began calling it a preview um, weekend, but it's already expanded just because it's been so popular so that it's becoming an entire fall modernism week all by itself.
1: Okay, that's awesome. That's really awesome. So not letting you off the hook. What are you doing (laughs) with the pop-up guest? What happens if you don't have any rooms at the Inn? What do you do?
2: Well, gosh, you know that's an easy. You question. send them to
1: the website.
2: <laughs> ah, exactly. Well, okay. AuthenticPalmSprings.com does have all of the hotels <laughs> listed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. Well done. So, where where would you recommend for someone to stay, especially one that is modern? You know, modern like yours. Gosh, you know model.
2: my one of my favorite um, modern hotels is the Del Marcos, and the Del Marcos. It was, um, I think it was forty seven, wasn't it, Kurt? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah and and it's a beautiful very fun funky mid-century modern hotel so i think for somebody who loves that style it's a perfect place if you're not staying at my hotel
1: (laughs) you have to go to michael's first the triangle in everybody triangle the the triangle dash in you got to dash in and then never leave right yeah Yeah. (laughs) so Um, and then
2: I'm sorry, Go we have ahead. so many others. I mean, we even have our own Hotel California out here. So, and that's a small mid-century. Um, well, I'd say it's, it's another small boutique hotel, but there are just a variety of different styles of hotels and, and different uh, um, vibes that, that people look for when they're staying somewhere. And I think we reach all of them with, with the Palm Springs small, preferred small hotels.
1: That's awesome. So what's happening for happy hour? Is for
0: it happy
2: hour, well, you know, for our LGBTQ visitors, there's an entire street, Arenas Road, that um, gives you a wide variety of choices for happy hour. Um, but there's also just a, a plethora of places right on Palm Canyon Drive. So you can sit mm-hmm. on world famous Palm Canyon Drive and enjoy your cocktail right out front. Yeah.
1: Oh.
3: Lisa, right. I so, wanted to add to that because sure. there are retail stores are all within walking distance of many of these preferred small hotels. And I absolutely agree with Michael. Just start walking, shopping in the afternoon at our great retail stores and then stop in at any of these places for happy hour because they're so close to your hotels.
1: That's right. I mean, from what I remember of Palm Springs, you could do some serious damage and after that you need a cocktail
3: after you do all the
1: retail. It's like, oh, I did all that? Well, I better just drink it off and then, you know, Then I'll jump in the pool after, but no, I'm just kidding. But uh, really Palm Springs, everyone, I, again, I want to give the website for the uh, hotels, go to authenticpalmsprings.com and on social media. I really, and if you go to authenticpalmsprings.com, that's also where you can connect with the blog and read Kathy's articles there um, and sign up for the newsletter. That's one of the best ways too, and also follow on social media. The handle is Palm Springs stay. So Palm Springs State is that for Facebook and uh, Twitter and all Instagram, all those places. But let's go around and give everyone uh, everyone their website out again. So Michael, again, is triangle-in.com, right? Have I got yes. that right? I think I gave you a the triangle because I thought you were the one and only triangle <laughs> in. So it's triangle-in.com. Kurt, your uh, PSModsquad.com, have I got right. that right? Yes. Okay. And then Kathy, uh, everyone needs to know about Palm Springs com. Is that right? Correct.
3: Absolutely.
1: Well, that means I get a martini now and maybe a margarita yes. first. And, no, you can't do two. That's not a good idea. But a, a martini, <laughs> I feel like that. So really, we went from gin to vodka. What was the reason, Kurt? I'm dying to know that.
0: Well, um, gin is very old. Alcohol, it's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, vodka was only just introduced to the states uh, during World War II. And it was the Polish and the Russian soldiers that brought, introduced vodka to the American uh, GIs. And it was in the early 1950s um, when uh, vodka was first introduced to the United States. And within 10 years, by the the mid-60s, it had become the preferred alcohol. It, It surpassed gin, bourbon, you name it. And so it was, uh, if you ever go to a, a pre-prohibition um, bar, uh, chances are you won't find vodka because it didn't oh. didn't make it to the States uh, until after World War II.
1: I always wondered, because when we lived in uh, Kenya and South Africa and England, gin mm-hmm. and tonics were like, and, and gin martini, that was like a staple.
0: That yeah. was- yeah, that yeah. was actually brought uh, brought to the UK to England after the Seven Years' War, uh, and uh, it was called Geneva, which is basically. Uh, juniper and they would grind juniper and put it in the alco- into alcohol and give it to the uh, the soldiers as medicine because they thought juniper had uh, medicinal purposes and that's what's called Dutch courage. and uh, this whole Geneva gin drinking really took off um, and that's what it, it evolved into what we know as gin today.
1: I had no idea, but I have had slow gin in Guernsey um, in the Channel Ooh, Islands. That's a
0: different, that's a, a whole different gin. They today. did
1: the juniper and the slope gin, the berries and they said, oh, just have a sip of that. And we were going to a bonfire night or something. Uh, and by the time I walked back to where we were, uh, yeah, anyway, I was happy. I was yeah, a happy yeah. young lady at that Slogan's point. Plungin's a whole was-
0: other uh, animal.
1: <laughs> Woo! I just thought it was like a local little thing. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you so much, everyone. It's been a blast having you on the show. We can't wait to see you in person when we get to Palm Springs. And everyone, again, authenticpalmsprings.com is a website. We are here every second Saturday talking about Palm Springs and sunshine stays here. And you can keep up with us at Big Blend radio.com. Thank you all. Thank Thank you. you.